Did you hear that? I did hear that. Since when does Zoom start talking to us? Did you hear that? <laughs> the uh, Okay, well, I guess we'll just start going. That was really weird. <laughs> There, friends. Uh, you're listening to the Same Team Y'all podcast. This is a fortnightly podcast where two librarian best friends chat about what fills their hearts with love and their heads with wisdom. My name's Eric. My name is Tess. You're not going to believe this, Tess. Did you know <laughs> that we are all on the same team? Oh, man. What a revelation. It's a, cr- it's a crazy thought. Like, it kind of like changes the whole way you think about the world, man. You know, Brett and I were literally, just before I got into this Zoom meeting, talking about the world and some of the things that are going on. You wouldn't know because you don't watch the news. It's okay. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to go into it, but there was some stuff going on and I was like, man, the world's a mess right now. And he was like, it's a good thing you're doing what you're doing. And I was like, what am I doing? And he's like, the same team y'all podcast, you're trying to unite everybody. And I was like, oh yeah, forgot. (laughs) I forgot about my life's purpose for a minute there. I'm glad he reminded me. Oh, I didn't bring my my journal with me, AKA the um, journal that they will use as evidence in the future times to... uh, to to um, discredit my sanity, um, but in there I was I was just journaling just two days ago about like my purpose. So it's so funny you guys are talking about that recently. Um, your glasses, they're still looking really good, Tess. Those are some Thank good looking you. glasses. Thanks yeah. very much. I texted you the other day. I said, "Are we gonna record tomorrow?" And you uh-huh. said, "You you bet your sweet glasses we are." <laughs> bet your sweet glasses. The um. I realized at the beginning of last episode, I teased a text from my friend, Josh. I don't know if you remember yeah, this. Yeah, I do remember this. Um, and just to set this up for some friends, uh, the reason, or for our listeners, the reason I'm reading this is because, and hey, we don't, no, no judging. Oh, I forgot to say the thing. Welcome to the no judgment zone of no judging, judgment free zone of no judging. Um, but we haven't received any emails in a long time so i've resorted to reading texts from friends it's perfectly (laughs) fine if anyone feels like sending us an email out of the the very gooey center of your heart that email is same team y'all at gmail.com send us emails about anything it will make us feel how would it make you feel tess think about it good (laughs) oh good good's a really good word yeah yeah um anyway my friend josh uh he's got a beautiful beard Uh, i would say a little bit more just i don't want to no offense to brett i would say my friend josh has a distinguished beard distinguished looking beard brett has a mighty barbarian beard indeed okay thank you i no offense i i respect barbarians and distinguished fellows as well and josh is what i would call a um uh an ornery 
individual. Like he doesn't okay. <laughs> doesn't give out those smiles for free. You got to earn them. Anyway, he sent me a text out of the blue. Last time he sent me a text was like back in February. So he sent me a text recently. He says, hello, sir. I'm listening to the latest episode of Same Team, y'all. And you are an adorable human being. Just wanted to let you know that. I, I don't know what he's in reference to. I was going to say, I wonder what, what exactly you did to prompt that. I don't know. It, I think it was right after the episode where we spent uh, two hours and some change talking about the tree of life. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you were pretty adorable in that episode. <laughs> well, I I'm you. I, I, adorable is my 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 just my regular uh, <laughs> uh, state of mind is pure <laughs> adorableness. Um, I I have a quote for this episode. Let me bring this. Is it is my quote turn, right? It is your quote. Okay. Turn. Yeah. Your turn. Uh, quote. This is a quote from. Um, it's from a book called The Origin of Others. Um, by Toni Morrison. Now, Toni Morrison won the uh, Nobel Prize for Literature in 1993, I think. Let me fact check that real quick in case there's any, like, huge Toni Morrison fans listening. I want to make sure that I'm being fair. I hope that there are some huge Toni Morrison fans listening. Uh, that would be incredible, right? Uh, 1993. Look at that. It's almost like I just read it a few minutes ago. Um, <laughs> now, this this book, I will say, um, mostly deals with um, concepts of deals mostly with concepts of people labeling other individuals as others based on their race. So a little bit more specific than what we do, but just just hear me out, and then we could probably uh, link this back to kind of what we're talking about here. Here's a quote from Toni Morrison's book, uh, "The Origin of Others." The danger of sympathizing with the stranger is the possibility of becoming a stranger. To lose one's racialized rank is to lose one's valued enshrined difference. Why would I pick that quote? I don't know, illuminate us, Eric. Well, I was thinking, so normally when we pick a quote, um, it's almost from our perspective, right? Like the, uh, uh, this is why we're all, we should treat each other with kindness, or this is why we're all on the same team. But this is almost like taking, so it is from Tony, um, Miss Morrison, excuse me, uh, but it it's looking at the reasons of why we other, right? The I, the idea that if if we're sympathizing with someone who has a different, and this is mostly dealing with, like I said, race, but if we took it one step further, the danger of sympathizing with, I don't know, let's say a person of a different political belief than yours, or um, uh, someone who has a different opinion about, let's say, going to schools or wearing masks, or, you know, you could pick any of the dozen things that people are really upset about. Um, former cast members of The Mandalorian. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know a lot about news. So I, I get all my news from you, Tess. Um, that if we take a moment to sympathize with that other person, we may realize that we're not that different after all, you know? Right. Well, Ryan Dowd um, mm -hmm. talked about this recently in a webinar I attended about um, discrimination. And he said, not to put it lightly, but he said, when you dehumanize someone, basically when you decide my life is better off without you and people like you in my life and whoever, whatever that means to you, whatever, if that's like, you know, 
people who uh, feel a certain way about the COVID vaccine or people who feel a certain way about a political candidate or a religious idea. But it's very dangerous when you start doing this. And I think it's something that I feel like people are actually being encouraged to do lately. I'm seeing a lot of, oh, that person supports this idea. You should cut them out of your life. Well, that's my uncle. It doesn't matter. Cut them out. You're better off without them. And what Ryan Dowd was warning against was that that moment where you decide my life is better off without you and people like you, you've dehumanized that person. And the next step, this is dramatic, but the next step could be genocide. The next step, I mean, think about it. In the 1940s, a bunch of people said, our lives are better off without these Jewish folk. Let's put them in a camp. And you know what? Let's just get rid of them. Six million people dead. And I, I'm, I, it may seem dramatic. It may seem like an overwrought comparison, but there's a danger there. There's a real danger there. And I just want people to think about that. <laughs> well, and at the end of the day too, like the entire reason we do this podcast is this is just Tess and I expressing our view of the world. And uh, if anyone is listening and they're like, I don't agree with that. That is fine, but this is just how we see it. And just to take that idea further, Tess, is I would say where that starts, that dehumanizing, is usually once you start using a different word for that person other than a human or their name, such as, I don't know, let's say uh, immigrant, <laughs> an alien. Um, I know, um, I remember this always stuck out with me, is that when I was a history major um, and we were reading about um, early times of colonists entering America. Um, I think they used the words brave and squall to, to um, denote male and female Native Americans, because once you use a different name, now it's no longer, um, it, they're no longer humans, you know? And, um, and I'm sure we can think of other words that people have used to describe people of other races, which is the very first step of saying, well, this isn't quite a human being. And you're right. Like, I think someone could make the argument like, well, you're going pretty far from saying that I, I don't agree with this person to genocide. But really, historically speaking, I mean, it got to a point somehow, right? You know? All I'm saying is just think about it. Yeah. Just, just think, think about it, guys. <laughs> I kind of like... Um, we got a We're little not bit telling of, you what to do. Just think about it. Just, just, just take it out to the Ponderosa. Ponder it for a little bit. Um, uh, are you ready to discuss discuss some stuffs that you're loving, Tess? I am ready to discuss the stuffs. <laughs> <I'm re> <laughs> One of the things I'm I'm loving is um, vocabulary, saying words correctly. so much yeah i am i know wait hold on a second there's a viking in the background oh i see a viking what's he see, doing this is that beard we were talking about earlier I, oh, that is brought gorgeous Brought me some food to eat thank you hey there viking Waiting. do you have any like profound words you'd like to share with the listeners of the same team y'all podcast eat eat you those have are profound words 
I mean, Thank you. you feed yourself, uh, nourish your soul. Man, he's such a deep, or just literally eat the Chick-fil-A. Is it Chick-fil-A that he's handed you? Hey, what? Is it Chick-fil-A? Yeah, it's, oh. it's uh, or as my nephew calls it, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. The I was going to say something and I, it just flew from well, my mind. Real quick, I do want to apologize to you, Eric, because recently someone made fun of the way that I talk and it made me really, made me really sad. And I just realized that I kind of made fun of the way that oh. you talked just now. I wasn't. I wasn't poking fun. I thought it was cute. And so I was just repeating it because I thought it was cute. I just wanted to make that clarification. You know what? Here, I'm going to give you, well, first of all, I accept your apology. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I, it was, you know, it's been a long day and all words are made up, but I say most of them wrong. <laughs> I want to give you an apology, actually. Oh, okay. I, I don't remember. I was listening to our episode maybe last, maybe last week. And I think I kept saying something about, um, um, shoot, I don't remember. Oh, it was when I was talking about the 5 a.m. club and I was talking about how at the end of the day, we, like me, I could be wasting my time watching Frasier. I wasn't saying that because I know you like Frasier. I meant that because I realized I haven't told you that I, I'm also watching Frasier. So that wasn't like, that wasn't like, I was later, I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't think I was digging at her for watching no. Frasier. It's because I've been watching it as well. So I know that you've been watching Frasier because you recently texted me what am I going to do? And I was like, about what? And then you said, with all these scrambled eggs, which if you don't know, is a, it's a quote from the theme song of Frasier. Yeah. What so. am I going to do with all these tossed salad and scrambled eggs? They're calling my again. name. They're coming again. The, <laughs> quick question. So I was, I know. Um, quick question. What does that mean? I have no idea. Uh, well, wait, <laughs> wait for a second. So so here's the Frasier hot tip. So anyway, I've, I've been watching Frasier because it was the stuff you're loving. And it, first of all, I'm loving it. It's a very hey, cute show. Hey. And, it, and I'm not normally into sitcoms, but it's just the perfect of amount of kind of um, like quirky humor. But then also like there was one episode, I think it was the last episode of season one, where the whole episode just takes place in like this cafe and it's and it's Frasier and and his brother Niles um, just kind of catching up and like asking each other kind of hard questions like are you happy Frazier and what are you doing with um shoot I'm blanking what's uh something Daphne like what are you doing with Daphne like you're married you know and like it was a really great episode anyway I drive Amanda nuts because every time we watch the show I always ask Amanda, what are we going to do with these tossed salad and scrambled eggs? And I say, this show is worse than Lost. It's never going to tell me. <laughs> Unresolved questions abound. So I did some research. Are you ready? Are you ready to, to learn the origin of tossed salad and scrambled eggs? Absolutely. Please tell me. Okay. So Frasier, so he sings a song, right? What's the actor's name who plays Frasier Crane? Do you know? Kelsey Grammer. Thank you. Kelsey Grammer. He sings a song and apparently it came out with, they were like, okay, we need a song at the end that isn't specific, that could be used at the end of every episode, right? And I guess it was Kelsey Grammer and whoever wrote the song, some some great guy. And he came with the idea of toss salad and scrambled eggs because those are both things that are very mixed up, like the people that are calling him because it's like a self-help there. I know. So when he says they're calling again or they're coming again, he's talking about the phone calls. Wow. I had 
no idea. I had to do some research because then I told Amanda the good news. (laughs) I don't have to make the joke anymore because I've solved the problem. (laughs) We know what we're going to do with them. We're going to help them. We're (laughs) going to. What am I going to do with these tossed salads and scrambled eggs? I'm going to help them. I'm listening. So good. Good night, Seattle. Good night, Seattle. Um, anyway, do you notice, I know this isn't the Frasier cast, but did you notice that sometimes the song changes at the end? Yes. So I for for that. instance, the, the song that plays at the credits um, at the end of the season one finale, he goes, see you next year. <laughs> so good i have noticed that sometimes the animation at the beginning of the episode changes too there's like yeah. a, a cityscape of seattle and sometimes like they'll show like a little elevated train going through or a plane going over there was one where there's a rain cloud and rain was a big part of the episode um so what's your <laughs> what's your first stuff that you're loving tess so the first stuff that i'm loving is uh brett and i um last weekend went to a beer festival and it was the first beer festival that I have been to in like probably over a year and a half because Mm -hmm. they don't happen that often and they tend to happen in kind of the warmer months um and then COVID happened I wasn't going to any beer festivals all the beer festivals were canceled uh And so I haven't been to a beer festival in a really long time. Um, And legacy listeners of the show will know that I am a fan of uh, the craft brewery industry. I enjoy a nice libation from time to time of the craft beer variety. And um, I like to taste different ones. And so I go to these beer festivals and I taste, um, you know, the, the beers that interest me. And I haven't gotten to do that in a really long time. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are getting vaccinated. Um, A lot of the precautions that we've been following for the past year and a half are are, um, uh, kind of being diminished. Like, you know, you you can worry a little bit less because less people are getting sick, more people are getting this shot um, that immunizes you against this uh, virus. And so... I kind of felt safe enough to go to a beer festival and it was the, it was a tacos and beer festival, which this is very important because Brett is my, um, my companion to these beer festivals and Brett does not enjoy the taste of beer. In fact, he believes that beer tastes like wheat butthole. That's <laughs> wait, wait a second. Can you say that again? Um, so Brett thinks that beer tastes like, can you say that one more time, please? I don't know if I caught it wheat butthole so like the grain yeah and if then it had a, if it had a butthole that's what he feels like beer tastes like like he hates the taste of beer you also don't really care for the taste of beer i don't there's yeah. only been a few type of there's only been a few beers that i've enjoyed and it we've discovered we've discovered you and i tested it was mostly uh, due to psychological factors, such as the, what was the pale ale that every time I drank the beer, they saved a dog or something like that. I don't remember yep. what it was called. <laughs> and so I thought I liked it, but then later upon closer inspection of my of my feelings towards it, it was mostly because I thought I was saving a dog by drinking the beer, not because it tastes great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more of a cider boy myself. Yeah. Yeah. Brett will like some, some cider, some woodchuck cider. He's into that. Yeah. So, 
we went we go to these beer festivals and brett enjoys them because he gets to hang out with me and i'm having fun so he's having fun and we're outside we like to be outside actually i think i just got a sunburn from being outside on my deck um and so but he doesn't really get a lot more out of it because he doesn't get the experience of tasting things so i'm always looking for beer festivals that offer incentives for your designated driver like um you get a food voucher or you get um, or this really cool band is going to play while you're tasting beers, or you get a t-shirt for coming today or something like some kind of incentive for them. And I found this tacos and beer festival um, as a, uh, I bought the drinking ticket. So I got unlimited beer samples and two tasting taco tastings. And Brett also got two taco tastings. So we had four taco tastings. My so God. we went to this beer festival and we, we ate a lot of tacos, honestly, like, um, the, the beer selection, I have to say was, wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't that great. I think a lot of the breweries, well, first of all, sadly, a lot of craft breweries, um, aren't surviving the Mm. pandemic, um, because they had to shut down and then people weren't coming and then people forgot about them. It was probably, they shut down because you stopped going. <laughs> They're like, oh no, oh no, Tess isn't showing up anymore. We're done for. Okay. Like there, there are a handful that I know closed because they couldn't sustain their businesses That's um, during the pandemic, which is really sad. And then I don't know why, but there just wasn't a lot of like good beer selection. Um, I the 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 tastiest thing I tasted was a a hard seltzer that was spicy pineapple flavored it was really good but it wasn't a beer so (laughs) it was a seltzer it was a it was a hard seltzer yeah i think you would have liked it actually i could probably go for a nice hard but i don't like pineapple though oh well they had different they had different syrups that they could add to your seltzer i've always thought pineapple is just too of an a too aggressive of a fruit for me oh it's a strong strong flavor it's covered in spikes. I can't handle it. You know? I love pineapple. When I when we visited Hawaii, I got really into pineapple. Yeah. That's like the pineapple just hits you different down you wanna, there. You want to hear some French? Some French? Oh yeah. Uh, wait. <laughs> Go ahead. Je suis un ananas. That means <laughs> that- I am a pineapple. <laughs> That's two years of French in high school. I got that. There it is. I am. Merci. A Merci. Yeah. 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 Um, so I guess the stuff that I'm loving is we got to go to a beer festival and it was fun and it kind of felt like normal again. And, um, and I tasted some really yummy tacos, even if there weren't a lot of beers there and Brett had a good time. So did you say what um, festival it was? It was the tacos and beer festival in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Oh, cool. I would recommend it to anybody who's looking for a fun festival to attend uh can i tell you uh real quick is that um um when you said that i'm looking for a a good fun festival to attend is that i've become a google local guide (laughs) do you know what i'm talking about i don't know what it is essentially you know how when google's like have you been here and you're like yeah they're like you want to rate it and give a review uh, I do, but you know, what's my deal? It's, it's I don't want to say it's only positive reviews, but I assume that if I had a bad experience, someone else probably has, 
and they're all people always jumping on giving the bad ones. So I just I pride myself on like the really good ones, you know. Um, anyway, that sounded like a, a review I, I would give is would recommend. <laughs> um, the stuffs that I'm loving, they're both, uh, I think this is unprecedented for me. They're both repeats for previous episodes. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both repeats because I'm still loving them. Um, and I looked into my heart and this is it. Uh, number one, um, I mentioned I joined a sport rock. I joined a rock climbing gym called Sport Rock. I'm still going there. I try to go three days a week. Uh, so you get free uh, rentals of rock climbing shoes for the first month. My month ran out, so I bought my first pair of rock climbing shoes the other day bought myself some ch bought myself some liquid chalk to chalk up my hands got myself a harness for wow. I, I, I don't need that when i boulder but you know that's my that's my um i'm cashing in for you know to keep going on this adventure and this morning so i yeah i, I mentioned I, I go try to go three days three days a week in the morning and this morning i climb i had the best climbing day climbing session of my life uh, of the whole 30 days that I've been climbing the best one yet. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the shoes or if it was the chalk or if I'm slowly getting in better shape, but it was something. And um, I don't know if I, I think I'm, I mentioned this on the cast before, but I don't know if I told you like the, uh, the thing I like about sport rock, uh, at least the, the rock climbing gym is that um, it's very super chill. So like, I'm not a gym guy and usually gyms to me, not the person, but the workout place, not a gym, but GYM, they're usually very, um, I don't, I don't want to say aggressive, but kind of aggressive. So at rock climbing, at sport rock and at rock climbing gyms, typically this is what it looks like. You'll see people like looking at the wall a lot. Like they're kind of staring at the wall and sometimes, and, and for listeners, if you're ever curious, we are on YouTube. So if, you know, you could see our dances during the music or you could see what I'm about to do, um, just search for our same team, y'all, Y apostrophe A-L-L. And you'll see them kind of like look at the wall and kind of do this with their hands, like. For audio listeners, he's yeah. kind of, he's placing his hands out in front of him, almost as if he's sort of measuring like what angle your hand might need to be at to to grasp something on the on yeah, the rock this. and now he's now he's touching an an, um, an invisible wall oh he's pulling himself up oh he's <laughs> anyway <laughs> a lot of it's like you're looking at it and kind of planning your route right but then you'll climb right and then your arms get real tired your heart's beating real fast and you know what they do tess what, what do they, they what do they do Tess? Oh. What? They don't let go, do they? Well well they climb down or they let go, but once they're done, you know what they do? They just sit. They just sit on the ground or they lay down. And it's like this really cool it's like a gym. Like people are there and you're working out, and you're sweating, but it's like super chill. Like you walk in there and people are just like laying on the ground and then they'll get up and kind of like walk around and then climb a little bit more and then come down. And then, so it's that kind of like you rest your arms, you rest your, you know, and you get back to it. And so anyway, just real quick, sport rock is the stuff I'm loving. Cause I mean, it is, I'm not a gym guy, but man, I guess I'm a rock climbing gym guy. That's awesome. I love any exercise that um, includes laying down yeah. on the ground. Like yeah. I, was, I was always a big fan of um, the Savasana. Corpse uh, pose. 
Yeah, corpse pose and yoga. Yeah, I was like, this is my favorite yoga pose for sure. It's funny you say that because some people say it's the hardest pose because, and for any listeners, because the corpse pose is usually how you end your yoga sequence. So you've worked out your whole body and now you lay down flat like a corpse and you just like lay there for a while. And some people say it's the hardest because all the other poses you're doing something. And then the final pose is don't do anything. And for some people, they skip it. And you're not, well, I don't want to say you're not supposed to, but it is not advised that you skip it because the whole point of it is to be like, this is the thing I'm doing. Even if the thing I'm doing is not doing anything, you know? Anyway, Sport Rock is a stuff I'm loving. Also my new, also my new rock climbing shoes um, and um, my chalk. And oh, climbing first thing in the morning when there's not a lot of people there. And you could just like sit on the ground, get a little meditation in on the corner. No one cares. It's like the zone of no judging up in there. It's awesome. I love it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, the second stuff I'm loving is a podcast that I've mm. recently discovered. Num, num, num. Oh, I know you love a good podcast, Eric. Mm. And I think you're going to like this one. It's a... Uh, <laughs> It, it's uh, it's sort of similar to what you and I are trying to do in that it kind of offers inspirational quotes, um, thoughts about gratitude and positivity, but it's it's definitely got a twist to it. I was and- about to say, have they listened to it? Is it called um, Barrick and Bess? <laughs> same same um, group, y'all. <laughs> are you familiar with the comedian? slash actor jb smooth no i don't believe i am okay it's okay i know you don't know a lot of celebrities but he's a uh, a very funny guy who i've watched in movies and tv shows and enjoyed in the past and then i heard he was he's gonna start his own podcast and i was excited about this and so i downloaded it and i was not disappointed his podcast is called may i elaborate Oh, daily I'm... wisdom from JB Smooth. And in it, JB, who's a very funny comedian, and his friend Miles, who is like the straight man, um, he, uh, they read an inspirational quote from a daily calendar. You know, those like little daily calendars where you get inspirational quote. They read the inspirational quote from the daily calendar, and then JB elaborates and tries to squeeze more wisdom out of the quote and um he his brain works in a really interesting way because he'll like start talking about the quote and what he thinks it means and then he'll kind of like take you on a journey and you're laughing you're like what what how is this related and then the thing that i love most about it is like he brings it back at the end, he's like, like whatever the quote was, like you realize that you were having a good time and you weren't really thinking about it, but you learned something. You actually had like a profound moment. And um, it, it's really, it's a really great podcast. Like I can't really do it justice. I just think you should listen to it. Um, each episode is about like 10 to 15 minutes long. So they're not, they're not really long and you can literally pick up anywhere. And That's listen great. To- that's a selling point, to be honest. Like if they're yeah. nice kind of bite size, 
Yeah, I have a very short commute now. I used to have a pretty long commute to work, and then I I switched <gasps> venues. Oh, that's right. You have my commute now, my <laughs> old commute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so my commute is only about 10 to 15 minutes mm. now, and so it's, like, just perfect. I, like, turn it on in the morning when I'm going to work. I get some inspiration, some positivity, some gratitude, and some giggles because he's very funny. And um, it, it's a good time. I, I I highly recommend, may I elaborate the podcast? It was a stuff I've been loving this past fortnight. Very nice. I've kind of been, so I got off of podcasts for a while. I just kind of hit a wall where I was like, I'm, and hey, if you're a human, no offense, but just kind of like, I got a lot of humans saying human noises to me all the time. I would rather listen to, I've been actually been getting into music lately. I've been getting into a little girl. And if you heard, I should not call her a little girl. I'm so sorry. A, a dangerous woman named Ariana Grande lately. Oh, I love her. And so I never really listened to her and I downloaded um, her newest album positions off of Hoopla and it's pretty damn killer. It's really good. And um, hey, if there's any kids, cover your ears. It's a sexy album. It's a sexy album. Anyway, um, anyway, I've been getting into music, but now I'm slowly getting back in the podcast. What were you saying? You heard her co collab with Lady Gaga? No. And you'd like it. <laughs> I, I think I would. I like both of them. Uh, you do. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't told you about my book of poetry and that I'm writing. Mm, num, oh, num, num. <laughs> It kind of in a way it's oh nice. Oh, I don't want to give it away. It's a so I've been uh, well, it's not that important, but I've been getting more and more into poetry where I've been trying to because usually a thing that I write is kind of like a one off. Like this is the, the this is like a specific idea, and I elaborate on a poem and then I move on. Now I've been trying to write like a sequence of poems that build on like a central theme, um, which sounds like I know what I'm doing, but once again, I'm just like an amateur guy, but yeah, the, it, I will say it does involve the two of them. So it is really interesting that you told me about this collab. Yeah. Look at your face. Um, uh, what? I want to read this book. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm nowhere even close to done. It's, I'm still mapping it out. And I will tell you just in case anyone happens to know of my previous things I've written about, it is not erotic poetry. <laughs> Unlike uh, most of your work, which is quite <laughs> no, that is not true. Only one was sexually charged, and that wasn't my fault. It just naturally happened. I mean, I don't even. I'm just. I'm just. I birthed that poem into existence. What are you looking up? I was looking up the name of the song that Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande did together. Oh, it's, it's called "Rain on Me." Oh, I've heard of that. I didn't realize she was involved with it. That's a great song. Yeah. It says, um, "Shoot, shoot, shoot." Rain on me. There's a there's a really good hook in that song that I like. Um, anyway, the second stuff I'm loving, like I told you, is a repeat. Let's play a game. You get three guesses, and I don't know how well you remember my past. I'll give you one guess so it doesn't go too long. Uh, Death Stranding. That's a great, great guess. That's my second stuff that I'm loving is a book that I don't know if I actually love. Oh, is it the Five AM Club? <laughs> The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma, I think it is. Um, for if we have anyone, I think it was my last stuff I was loving last time. Uh, essentially, it's a book, kind of a self-help book uh, written as if it's a piece of fiction, uh, just for narrative entertainment reasons. Uh, the idea is you get up at five 
And uh, then there's a specific kind of criteria that they advise you to do 20 minutes of uh, exercise, anything to get you sweat, 20 minutes of reflection, and then 20 minutes of something uh, that uh, um, makes you a better person that fuels your heart or your soul. And then I take it one step further because Frey usually doesn't get up till seven. So then six to seven is what I use to work on what I call special projects, which special projects is all, you know, all those, all those crazy ideas where it's like, I should work on a book of poetry. You know, I should learn to play the banjo. It's I pick one and then I focus on one and I'm making progress. Anyway, the reason it is the stuff I'm loving is Tess. Today's a special day for me. Today is day 20 that I've been a member of the 5 a.m. club, which doesn't sound like that big a deal, but I got a kid and all that. So the, the trick I realize, and this is gonna sound silly, is you have to, in order to get up earlier. Go to bed earlier. You have to go to bed earlier. Yeah, that's the trick. You know, that's all that it really is. And then you have to like, when you get up, like, you know, stay up. Oh, up, yeah. yeah. And if you can take naps, go ahead and take that nap, brother. It's fine. Anyway, I'm on my day 20. Uh, real quick, uh, reason I like it is uh, it gives me time to actually focus on things that I uh, would like to be able to do that I usually just push off to the side for myself. I feel that I get much better sleep after having a whole day awake starting at five. I actually get up at four. I actually get up at 4.45 because um, that first 15 minutes is the brush of my teeth and flossing my teeth and getting dressed. And then I, I like to be out the door at 5 a.m. That's yeah, what I that like to do. Yeah, that's not vigorous exercise, brushing your teeth. Well, you've never seen the way I brush. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, because of the 5 a.m. club, I have also spent more time uh, running than I usually have. I've been getting back into running, which is why I've been getting back into podcasts and um, climbing. And uh, I spend a lot. Of, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe. This. So you know what I used to not do a lot of? This is crazy. I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, this isn't true. I used to not spend a lot of time laying in the grass, looking up through the branches of trees. It's true. I would like to. And now, you know what I do? Like every day, I just go to the park and I just lay down. This is what you do. You lay in the, here, let me explain it. You lay in the grass, like your back is on the grass and you look up through the branches. So you see the green leaves and you see the blue sky. And then you know what you do, Tess? You exist. You just exist. And it's amazing. <laughs> so existence is the stuff you've been loving also. Just, just well, not just existence, but <laughs> simply just existing is the stuff that I'm loving. Yeah, yeah. And the 500, I, and uh, we've talked to, well, did we talk about this? Oh, it probably wasn't on the cast. Um, so I got a, a new tattoo recently. It's a little tree tattoo. And I've, here it is. Oh, wait, it's an awkward angle here. Wait, oh, there, there, it is. Is. there it is. I've, I had a little buyer's remorse, but I came around on it. Just I, think it of, look, I think it looks great by the way. Thank you. I think it looks great too. Uh, Amanda doesn't, uh, I think she has some, uh, not a big fan of tattoos, you oh. know, which is fine. She never tell me not to do them because it's my yeah. body, but she's not a, a especially a big fan of them either. So what I told her that you and I were getting matching tattoos for Twin Peaks think she wasn't that excited not and when i say she wasn't excited that doesn't mean she yelled at me she just you could tell she was like oh and then when i told her if i make it i told you this if i make it a whole year as being a member of the 5 a.m club so that's three i'm on day 20 that's 365 days no breaks gotta get up gotta do the work 
uh, that I was going to get a 5 a.m. club, whatever that may look like, tattoo. And she was like, heesh. So, <laughs> hey, it is it is what it is. Um, yeah, big announcement. Eric and I are getting matching tattoos um, yes. at some point in the future to celebrate. Uh, we're bringing back Seam Peaks, y'all, our spinoff podcast where we listen, where we discuss episodes of the classic television show, Twin Peaks. Um and then we're going to celebrate when we finish with a Twin Peaks inspired tattoo. When I told Brett that you and I were getting matching tattoos, he said, you and I don't even have matching tattoos. And I said, well, what tattoo do you want to get? I'm ready for it. And he was like, I don't want to get matching tattoos. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> now you have, you have one tattoo already, right? I does, do have a tattoo. Does Brett have any? Brett has no tattoos. He's so, not against tattoos. He likes tattoos, actually. He thinks they're cool, but he just hasn't gotten one. Oh, yeah. No judging. I was just curious. I didn't know if, like, under that shirt, he was just, like, tatted up. No, no. He has a lot of ideas of tattoos he'd like to get, but he is concerned that the vision in his yeah. mind won't match when it's on his skin. And also, he has, like, kind of a hang-up about, like, if I get a tattoo, then I... Like I need to show off my body and I don't, I feel self-conscious about my body. He's got like, yeah, I don't know if he'll ever get one, but uh, he likes tattoos. And Ooh. he, I, I told him that you and I were getting a Twin Peaks tattoo. <laughs> um, and at first, at first he was like, that's a little weird. But then he said, well, it's kind of about time you got a Twin Peaks tattoo, don't you think? And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I've <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, it's funny. Um, so yeah, you had mentioned it earlier, but if any listeners aren't aware, if you look up Same Peaks, y'all, uh, Tess and I went through um, the first two seasons and, of Twin Peaks, as well as the movie, uh, Fire Walk With Me, uh, Tess being a super fan and me experiencing them for the first time. So soon, uh, this time next week, you and I are recording our first episode of Same Peaks, y'all, where we will discuss the uh, book. Same Peaks, y'all, The Return. The Saint Peaks Yell the Return, where we would discuss the book, The Secret History of Twin Peaks. And then after that, we go into the show. And Tess, I gotta tell you, man, I am very excited. I had a dream that I watched the first episode of The Return. Whoa. And it was, I will tell you right now. I mean, we it, know how prophetic dreams can be. It was extremely sexually charged. So oh I hope <laughs> Actually, I feel like there are some sexy times in that. At it, least the first couple episodes my dream they were not pleasant sexy times it was like an it was an aggressive monstrous <laughs> dream eric you might really be on to something that's all i'm going to say really that is amazing um i feel like maybe dale cooper is reaching out to you oh and i have been watching the show too the original like just to kind of get up i haven't been making it like a job you know like lately my thing has been like hey if it's a thing you enjoy do it don't make it into a job and yeah. so because amanda asked me are you going to try to watch them all before you guys come back and i was like no i'm just I'm just watching them. I, you know, no big deal. Um, but anyway, it's a, I don't know what it is. The the first time, remember the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know. But every time I watch it, I feel like it gets better. I don't know. Like a fine wine. <laughs> like, a, like a nice hot cup of coffee. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> oh, 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 are y'all ready for 
cake challenge. There it is. There it is. There it is. Uh, we've reached the cake challenge segment of the podcast. This is where Tess and I um, uh, issue a cake challenge where the other one has to read, watch, or consume, otherwise consume something of their choice. And it's all just to, hey, it's all just to have funsies. The most important question isn't, did we enjoy it? It's, what are we going to talk about with it? The thing I issued to Tess, and once again, this is like a light one, was, what was the thing? What's the song? It was the song. Oh, yeah. Um, I have trouble uh, pronouncing I song. It is from the album Cloudland by the group White Tree, and it was track two on that album. It was called uh, Karel. Kyrel? Kyrel? Karel? K-A-R-I-L was the title of the song. And Look at you. I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I I don't feel like I don't have anything really deep or profound to say about it, but I really dug it because it's got this like sort of haunting piano um, but it's also got this like these like electronic beats that go with it. And the piano actually reminded me of um, are you familiar with the artist George Winston? Um, if you're not, Eric, you should look him up because I think you would dig his piano music if you liked White Tree. Um, uh, and so it kind of reminded me of that, which I, I like George Winston's music, but, but with like these like electronic beats and this kind of percussion in the background. And I thought it was really interesting. And when I'm listening to music sometimes, um, particularly instrumental music, like with no vocals, I my mind starts to wander and I think of like, what is this the soundtrack of? Thank you. Like, uh-huh. what's, what's going on when this music is playing? Tell me, what do you think is going on? Because that was going to be, real quick, not to cut you off, yeah, but just no. to just to describe the piece a little bit more. So the the, the pianist is a man named um, Ludovico Inadi. Um, if you look him up, he's got a lot of really great, um, what's called like contemporary classical music. And, and then this, I think, is like his experimental spinoff group of which this is their only album white tree and the only album is called cloudland and so the piece starts with there's like the sound of like scraping metal right like you're kind of dragging like metal across like a big fork across a big piece of metal and you hear this haunting piano and this really kind of like but then it picks up right and it has kind of this really sick fat beat and the music switches from minor to major and then you're like am i feeling something and then you ask yourself what am i feeling and why am i feeling it okay not till i cut you off but now now i've set the stage for your story well so so as i'm listening to it i listened to it a few times like in oh, a row because i was so, like so I have to, i i need to like fully experience this song brett actually brett recently oh uh, he wait he you listened for- you froze for a second. What'd you say? I'm sorry. Okay. I was talking to Brett about a particular piece of music that I know that he has listened to over and over and over and over again. And I asked him, 
like, why do you do that? Like, why? Because he told me one time that he listened to this piece of music just on repeat for three hour drive. And I was like, that's interesting. And he said, yeah, I do that sometimes when I'm really into a song. Um, I just, I'll listen to it over and over and over again. And then I said, until when? Like, until you're done? And then he said, until I feel like I've truly experienced it. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's really deep. I love it. It is really deep. So that's kind of what I was trying to do with this song. I was like listening to it on repeat, trying to like fully experience it um, as Brett would tell us to do, my beloved husband. Um, so here's the soundtrack that I decided upon. Okay. Because at the beginning, it has those like minor chords and that scraping and it, it sounds sort of ominous. Did you listen real quick? Did you listen to any of the other tracks or just this one? I did listen to a couple of the other tracks, but I focused on this one. Okay. The only reason I asked this is because my head canon, the other tracks and their titles inform this one a little bit. But you, you continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You go on. Probably going to go in a different direction than I did. Maybe. Um, the movie that was playing in my mind is like that first part is I'm thinking like I'm picturing, I don't know why, but I pictured like a heist. Okay. And like, <laughs> that first part, they're like planning the heist and you're watching them and you're like thinking to yourself, uh Oh, they're about to do something bad. These are bad people who are about to do something bad. But then the song picks up. And you realize, oh no, it's like a Robin Hood situation. They're doing something bad, but these are actually good guys. And they're going to do something good with whatever it is that they're heisting. And I don't know why, but that was the story I made up in my mind. It's funny. The reason I gestured like that is my friend Monica uh, that I work with is really big into Ludovico and Artie, and she had never heard of Cloudland. And so I told her about it and she told me when she heard that song, because or uh, when she when she heard that track, she pictured either, um, I don't think it was a bank heist, it was a jailbreak, because there's a noise later on, that very close idea, there's a noise later on that sounds almost like a drill, but I think it's digital, where it's like, and then it goes, um, anyway, my headcanon is, and for the listeners, just to be clear, um, this music or this album is completely instrumental. Um, and there's, so there's no um, lyrics and all we can go for, go from is um, the, the titles of these tracks. <laughs> what? The sounds that we yeah. hear. And what we're feeling. And so in my head, so the album's called Cloudland. And I think this is, well, in my head, Cloudland is what's called this flotilla, flotilla of ships that are traveling into outer space. Like Cloudland is like the city of ships and they can transport. So I feel like each track is a different location within the city of flying ships. I know. So like there's one later, I know. Uh, there's there's one later that's called like Mercury Sands. And I feel like that's like kind of like this, I don't know, that's the name of the ship. And there's one called Ulysses and the Cats. And to me in my head, that's like this like burly captain who is like big muscular, huge beard, but he's just playing with his cats during the song. And there's one called Light on Light, which in my head, because it sounds very kind of, to me, Light on Light sounds like a very sexy song. There's this really kind of like, boom, 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 
boom boom and to me light on lights like the name of this like secret like uh like dance club like sexy club you know and so anyway like that's my head can oh there's one called tangerine that is like the racers like it's very hat fast so they're like we're gonna get and they do these crazy space races off to the side anyway i got nothing to go off of but like when i think of it anyway like brett you said brett i've listened to cloudline so many times and i don't know what it is but something about it just brings me in like i really like it and um Thank you for listening to it. <laughs> it's cool. And also that thing that that like analogy you just spoke of reminds me of um, did you ever watch the like 2000s era reboot of Battlestar Galactica? Yes. That kind of reminded me of like all of these ships traveling together and like the different cultures on the yeah. different yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I've I've run to Cloudland before, and it, it works really well because the very beginning track is called Slow Ocean, and it starts with this really like old, um, it almost sounds like a dial-up kind of sound mixed with like this kind of slow piano, and it's kind of like the perfect like I'm starting my run and I'm not into it yet kind of music, and then later it picks up. Do you have a challenge for me? I do. Um, is, it, oh, is it a movie? <laughs> it's not a movie. It's actually some music. Yes. Okay, I'm ready. Because yeah, you gave me some music, and you're into music lately. <gasps> so um, I feel like I have to uh, give some back. <gasps> Hold on a second. I'm barking with excitement over here. Rosie has recently apparently figured out that I have <gasps> chicken. And oh, I, I, see a, I see a Viking coming <laughs> through. The collector. The collector. <laughs> okay. So, um, some context. In our last episode, you talked about watching The Wizard of Oz with Freya. And I said, Eric, have you ever <laughs> um, watched The Wizard of Oz while listening to the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon? Because that's like a thing that people do. And you said, what is the Pink Floyd and, and why and is I, it, why is it, well, who is Floyd and why is he so pink? <laughs> yeah, you don't know about the band Pink Floyd. And that's perfectly fine. There's a lot of music out there that a lot of people don't know about. Pink Floyd happens to be a very popular rock band, but it's okay that you don't know who they are. And I said, oh, maybe I will make you a playlist of Pink Floyd songs. And I did. And it's on our Spotify very good. Well played. So, um, so just some more context. I had told you in the last episode that Pink Floyd are especially known for their concept albums. And Brett, um, who, as we know, is a bit of a connoisseur of music, um, he feels that it is criminal to separate songs from their albums um in terms of pink floyd like he feels oh. like he feels like in order to really experience pink floyd you have to experience the whole album like from beginning to end without like a pause like just experiencing the whole See, album i like this idea because um i almost make it i think of it like let's say i was gonna watch twin peaks it wouldn't really make sense to just pick like, let's say episode five to watch. I got to kind of go through. So I like this idea, Mr. Brett. So I, but that, that was after I painstakingly chose my favorite Pink Floyd songs. Mm. And I also, um, the reason it was so painstaking is Eric 
I hope you don't mind me saying, I know you're an emotional man and you, you tend to be affected by things. And so I was very concerned when I was picking some of the songs, I didn't want them to depress you or make you sad. Um, and so I specifically, like there were some songs I added and then I was like, you know what, that song is really intense. And like, I don't want Eric to listen to it and then be in a bad mood for the rest of the day. And so then I would like take that one off and be like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I curated this playlist of Pink Floyd songs that I really like, um, but they have been separated from their cohesive albums, which Brett thinks is a sin, but I think it's probably okay. And also I specifically chose songs that I thought that you that, that I thought would not put you in a downer mood you're making a like a you're making like a squeezy face what's I, going on I am I, I'm sorry well here's the deal <laughs> per the rules of the challenge I must I must adhere to the rules of the challenge well let me finish okay okay, okay let me finish I think you know I think you know where I'm going right let me the whole challenge okay let me sit tight I'm sorry so I, I made this playlist. There's one other thing that I, I feel I need to explain, which is that Pink Floyd is a band of, um, there were, there, there's several creative geniuses in this band. And two of them in particular, they butt heads. All right, there's this guy, David Gilmore, who mainly plays the guitar. And then there's this guy, Roger Waters, who mainly does lead vocals. They kind of share songwriting duties. At some point, they butt heads to the point where they split up. And everyone in the band went with David Gilmore and Roger Waters went out on his own. And I personally like the David Gilmore stuff the best. Um, and so a lot of the tracks that I chose are very David Gilmore heavy. In fact, I even put one of his solo songs on my playlist, even though it's not a Pink Floyd song, it's just David Gilmore. Um, I put it on there because I don't know, I just really love that song and I wanted you to experience it. I didn't really put a lot of the Roger Waters, like heavy materials on there. Um, he, uh, when, if Pink Floyd goes on tour, which they don't anymore, one of the band members has passed away and they kind of just don't tour anymore. And, uh, but when they did, it was David Gilmore and the other members. And then Roger Waters would go on tour and he would sing the Pink Floyd songs that he was allowed to sing, like for copyright reasons. And then he like would do his own thing. And at one point, um, they did get back together for a charity concert and it was very tense. It was a tense performance. Oh no. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's worth looking up. It was, um, they were at the G8 concert, which was a big charity concert to like end hunger in Africa. Um, uh, but I felt like you could really sense the tension. Anyways, all of this is to say, Eric, then I put it on Spotify and then I realized that when you listen to a playlist on Spotify, um, it, it just randomizes the, the Unless I'm a member of Spotify Premium. Are you? No. No, okay. 
Um, but I was think I was thinking of it. Oh well, most people I think have the free account, and in, in yeah. which case you'll click on a playlist and it just randomly plays any song in the playlist, which is fine. So here's what I thought you could do, Eric. Okay, here's the challenge. <laughs> here's the challenge. Here's um, I, all of that is to say the challenge is go check out this playlist, and if there's a particular song that really speaks to you, then maybe you find the album that that's on, and you give that a whirl. I'm just kind of leaving it up to you. I, my challenge is for you to listen to some Pink Floyd. And you can kind of choose what you want to listen to. I've curated a playlist for you, but I now I realize that maybe wasn't the best way to introduce you to this band. And so Pink Floyd is my cake challenge to you. You can use the playlist. You can kind of go off on your own. You can like do the playlist and then find something else. You're making a squishy face again. Let's go. No, on. no, that's my normal. That one's my normal <laughs> face. No, I was thinking to myself, the reason I was thinking of getting premium is because I like um, listening to things in order, you know, and it's fine. Like just jumping in and going like, this is, this is the, what I'm listening to. Um, but um, like, I kind of like the idea of like, oh, this is what the first album is. And now the second one like builds on that idea or, you know, just like you would like a, a, a filmmaker's, you know, filmography. Yeah. Um, so I accept your challenge. I will go ahead and listen to the album or the, the playlist. I'll listen to it while I'm running. And then if there's anything. If you do listen to it in order, I put it in order of release. Well, so, that's the order I would prefer. Yeah, yeah. the release stuff is up front and the later stuff to include like the David Gilmore solo piece is toward the end. I am excited about this challenge. <laughs> you got any life lessons for us? I sure do. Did you learn a life lesson this week? I did. That's great. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> really interesting dance that you chose um for that i don't i don't like uh, so for <laughs> listeners i started off dancing and when i say i started off i mean when we first started doing stuff on youtube um but now it's more just like interpretive poses i just like i'm feeling it you know i just go with what's in my deep within my heart and sometimes Here. i'm just Earlier, I felt like you were dancing with your eyes. I was. I was dancing with my eyes. I was doing a finger dance for a while. And that one was, this one I just did was like, you know what? Let's relieve our relieve, relieve ourselves of the burden of movement. Am I right? You know what? That, it kind of reminded of me of like when you're in story time, sometimes I give the kids a prompt. Like if mm. I feel like the kid, like I'll say like, dance any way you want. And some of the kids will be like, and then some of the kids will just kind of stand there and look at you like, what does that mean? any way I want I'm not allowed to do what I want like what and so then I'll give them a prompt I'll be like dance like a tiger and they'll be like oh I'm like oh, yeah whenever the kids oh like, like if I had said dance like a tree <laughs> that, that was a tree dance you were doing whenever I tell the kids uh dance however you want and they look confused and they're like I I don't know what to do and then I stare at them and I go free your mind <laughs> and then i just fade into the shadows <laughs> mr john mr john likes to call it a stare at me dance yeah he like he like you can dance with your fingers out you can do a fast dance or a slow dance you can just 
do a stare at me dance where you just stand there and stare at me. Mm. <laughs> so um, here's a life lesson I learned. Um, it was Mother's Day recently, right? And um, um, confirmed. Confirmed. And I saw this post on social media. <laughs> and typically, I don't encourage you to spend a lot of time looking at social media in general. Um, but I saw this post and I thought it was really interesting. And then I saw some comments and I thought those were interesting. And then I saw a response to the comments and that's where I had my life lesson. So um, it was Mother's Day and a, a drag queen performer that I enjoy called Ben Dillacrem posted, um, happy Mother's Day to all the queer and trans people who had to give birth to themselves. Mm. And I thought, wow, that is quite profound because I mean, no matter what your opinions on things are, some people have to kind of forge their own way in the world. And perhaps the circumstances of their birth are not what they feel comfortable with. They feel comfortable being someone else, being with other people. This kind of this idea of a found family has always been very intriguing to me. And so uh, Ben Delacrem posted this along with a photo of themselves in drag, kind of like I gave birth to this person. Like this is this is who I truly am. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then somebody commented on it, and they said, "Damn it, give ladies who gave birth a day, just one day. You're fabulous, but please, one day." And then I thought, okay, they have a point too. Like Mother's Day is this we we have special days for everything. There's like a pizza day and a cookie day. And there's Mother's Day, which is the day in which you're supposed to do something nice for the person who who literally gave birth to you. Or you're at least supposed to think about that person. You're kind of supposed to, to, you know, go down to the Ponderosa and ponder about motherhood and what that means to you and what that means to our society. And so I, I was thinking, wow, what she said, this person who commented, what she said is kind of profound too. Like maybe mothers, mothers do deserve a day. Mothers deserve a lot of days, actually. Mothers are pretty incredible people. And then this person, she got a lot of hate, a lot of hate for saying what she said. And, and I get it because, I mean, I can see both sides because I'm this like, this, <laughs> I have this like insultingly diplomatic person in which I'm like, oh, wow, I see that point. I see this point too. Most people saw Ben's point, um, which makes sense because if you're following this person on Facebook, you're obviously interested in what they have to say. So there were a lot of people saying like, kind of, how dare you? How dare you come on this page and disrespect the gay community and what this person's trying to say? And they're, they're trying to share their experience of the world, which has been hard. And you are kind of just saying, look, I, I did a thing that a lot of people have done and I should get credit for it for having a baby. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have opinions about whether or not we need to breed, <laughs> whether or not we need to have offspring to, anyways, all of those opinions aside, here's what really struck me. Ben de la Creme 
replies to all of these comments that are very hateful towards this person. And they say, seriously, you guys, be nice. We have to give people the opportunity to succeed at receiving what we say to them. Mm. And shut up is not the way to do that. So a lot of people were saying to this person, shut up. Don't say what you think. We are here to listen to this person. We don't want to hear what you say. And what Benda LaCreme was is saying here is when you come on, when, when you're trying to say something, when you're trying to make a point and you come off really aggressive and hateful, the other person is not likely to be receptive to that. They're likely, honestly, to double down and be like, well, what I said even more because of this reaction I'm getting. And what Bendela Krem says is you have to, I just want to read that again because I thought it was so good the way they put it. You have to give people the opportunity to succeed at receiving what we say to them. So, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, getting along and being civil with each other and treating each other with dignity. Um, but there are some times when you might want to address something with someone and, and, you know, challenge their, their thought process. Why do you think that maybe, maybe consider something else? And the, the way that you go about that, I think it shouldn't just be like a quick, like you're wrong. And I don't want to talk about it any further with you. I've typed, I've typed what I had to say. Or you're canceled, right? Yeah, That's the same idea. You're canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my life is better off without you. To And people like you to revisit what we were talking earlier. And you can do that if you want. We're not telling you what to do. Eric and I aren't here to tell you what to do. But I think... Um, it behooves you and any and really society at large if we gave people a chance to succeed at the at hearing what we're saying and and that means just think about how you say it uh, maybe you want to put it in a more kind way and um or kind of find a way um Brian Down calls it a peanut butter opening. He's like, you know, like when you're going to give your dog a pill, you wrap it in peanut butter, right? <laughs> so like if you're going to give somebody some information that you think they, we don't know if they're ready to receive this information, but you feel like they need to have it, wrap it in some peanut butter. Um, uh, I I thought of some, some ways that you could do it. Um, like appealing to what they value, for instance, like, um, oh, so uh, you think that people should be treated fairly, right? You, you, um, you value fairness, right? And they'll say, yeah, I think that, you know, fairness is important. And then you might say, well, is it fair for you to say whatever it is that you just said that maybe I don't think is a good thing to say? Um, so like, I don't know, what... I don't really know what I'm saying, except that. <laughs> no, I, I like where this is going. No, I think you're, I, I, I'm completely following what you're saying. It's not, yeah. you may be afraid that it's like meandering, but I don't think so. It's on point. 
Yeah, I just like give people the opportunity to succeed at receiving what we say to them. Mm-hmm. That's those are the wise words of Ben de la Creme. And I think that it's it's kind of worth thinking about, especially now with like lots of stuff going on in the world, lots of discussions happening. You're pro this, you're anti that. Um, if you're if you choose to engage with people in a conversation about these issues, I would just ask you to think about how you're delivering that information. Are you giving them the chance to succeed at receiving that information? Are you, are you put, are you wrapping it in peanut butter? Maybe you feel like you don't need to do that. Maybe you feel like you need to jam that pill down their throat, but they're just going to cough it up. I don't know if you've seen a dog trying to try to give a dog a pill, like they go cough that up. So if you want, if you want to give them the chance to succeed, you need to wrap it in peanut butter and be nice. That's what Ben de la Creme was saying. I like that a lot. I, I we we've talked a lot about um, we've talked a lot about like to use that pill analogy. Like if someone believes something, you're probably not going to be convincing them, even if you use peanut butter, right? But you can still, at the end of the day, like, is it our job to be convincing one another of our opinions? I, I don't think so. That's just my belief. And uh, one of our good friends that was on this podcast years ago was it episode five or something had said something well enough people believing one thing leads to changes that can affect other people right and i do agree with that um but then the way that you try to influence let's say policy like big things isn't through arguing on the internet right you know it is through i don't know if you're gonna do petitions or if you're gonna get it get in a line to do something if you're gonna vote you know but i would say convincing someone through an internet argument or canceling them is not gonna help and just like you said um um if someone thinks you're coming at them um that's gonna trigger their reaction and when people react they're not thinking clearly everyone you know and uh no i completely agree with you and i don't know to me i would just add like i would ask ourselves is it our job to convince other people to be thinking exactly like us? And I know that we, you and I have a podcast. And the thing is, I know some could easily be like, well, isn't that what you're doing? No, I'm just saying maybe we can all be kind. <laughs> Regardless, I'm not saying everyone who believes in X, Y, and Z, we should be kind to. We're saying maybe, and I'm, <laughs> I've been having an idea of like, t-shirts to have made and i don't think i'll have this one made because i don't really like the idea of walking around wearing a controversial i'm using quotations t-shirt but here's a joke or here's a say maybe don't punch the nazi that's a crazy idea i know someone's like how dare you it's a nazi i was like actually remember what we talked about earlier about dehumanizing people maybe that's just a human (laughs) you know yeah as as a jewish person i'm extremely sensitive to the word nazi Mm -hmm. so when people start like bandying it about it makes me so so uncomfortable yeah are like i'm gonna punch that nazi i'm like you're not yeah oh that's not really a nazi well also that's just a person i don't know that x y and z believes x y and z differently from you that doesn't mean you you... are you really gonna punch them is that a wise choice you know um and that think about that peanut butter too because i bet i'm not saying like you have to change everybody's mind we're not Mm -hmm. telling you what to do you know we've said that a few times in this podcast Mm -hmm. but say you have someone in your life that you really care about 
and you feel like in order to have a better relationship with this person, you, you need to put your cards on the table about maybe you don't like the way that they treat, you know, so-and-so or the, the things that they say or whatever, and you're going to have a conversation with them. Look for that. Look for that common ground. Like we were talking earlier, like look for those things that you have in common and, and, and look for the things that they value and appeal to that. Um, I, uh, I have a very sweet mother-in-law who I love very much. And every once in a while, she'll say something crazy that I think is crazy. And, and then, and, and I have to stop myself because I'm like, this is my mother who I love. And I'm not, and I know that she's not a mean person. I don't know why she said what she did or, or did what she did or said what she said. And so I'll want to find out. And so like, I always approach the conversation as like a, tell me more about why you feel this way. And also I appeal, I try to appeal to the things that she values. And for instance, she values the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth. And so a lot of times I'll ask her, what do you think Jesus would have done or said in this situation? And that really gives her something to think about a lot. Um, so yeah, I just, to give people that opportunity to succeed at receiving that information, I think that maybe you have to do a little bit more work, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, I think you're right. And, 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 and uh, <laughs> we talked, so everyone saw, so since I've become a member of the 5am club, the five to six is called the victory hour, as you know this, and that magical moment. So for, if we have any new listeners, I'm very much enjoy meditating. And now that I, I make it even more of a priority. And when I say meditating, it doesn't always mean cross-legged with my eyes closed. Although so often it is, it's also just looking at a tree for 20 minutes or laying down or staring at anything or just existing, like I said. Um, but that magic moment of entering this meditative space right after working out, which I never really did that often, uh, my mind's firing on all uh, cylinders. And I often text tests like, oh my God, I just had a breakthrough. <laughs> I had a breakthrough. I had a breakthrough. So here's one. Here's one. And it comes from, I was sitting down and I just let the thoughts flow. And it was from our episode last time where we were talking about um, our lesson was, um, I said, oh, because um, we're talking about not judging others and and judging others for judging is still judging, right? And then we had a conversation about, well, what about this thing that I did? Remember? And you're like, was this okay? And we came down to, it's all about modeling behavior, Right. And so then I was like, in my head, this is a, a little bit of a, a piece of the puzzle that I've been putting together, putting together since, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a year out there, 2016, um, November, 2016, the um, look at you, it's just a random, a random date in history. The, um, and I was like, so the, the thing is, we're not going to convince anything, anyone of anything. And it's not our job to. And frankly, I wouldn't want to take the agency away from anyone, their agency to act or think any way they want to. But what we can do, the only thing we can do is control our own actions. We can be the model. And then uh, just to boil down the whole point of this podcast, the model is that there are no teams, right? Or there, if there is teams, there's only one team, you know? And it's the team of humanity, and whether you want to create teams, and, and not that anyone's doing this on purpose, although some probably are, um, based on um, race, economic class, political differences, uh, people's opinions about wearing masks, even when, I don't know, it's kind of weird when legally speaking, 
you don't right now is a weird time where you know um maryland and virginia i think the mask mandate is 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 not in effect if you uh have been vaccinated twice um and so a lot of people have opinions about whether or not people should be wearing masks or not um even if legally speaking that's their choice um and i would i would argue that our only role here is to be the model you know and and this is something i'm often very um guilty of actually where i'll get flustered over people um that are in my life whether people i work with or people in my personal life that i feel um they'll do this thing where um they say well i'm going to continue to wear a mask even though it's not a mandate anymore because it's my choice and then when someone then makes the choice to not wear a mask because it's not a mandate anymore they get upset with them so then it's this really tough for me to not see that double standard and get frustrated by it. But you know what? The only thing I can control is my behavior. You know, that's the only thing I can do. And sometimes it's really tough when I see people not only getting flustered and worked up and frankly, getting other people worked out through emotional contagions, but um, um, also um, um, doing that double standard of judging, right? But then I realized the great irony is I'm upset with them for being upset over something they don't have control over, which in fact, something I have no control over, you know? So it, it's difficult, but I, the only thing we can do is um, model our behavior as best we can. Are you ready <laughs> for a positivity party? otherwise known as the pause pause just about to ask should we pause for some positivity now we should we always end each and every episode with the positivity part oh no it's called a positivity pause that's right i'm sorry the pause pause the the party has been um uh our speakers were taken (laughs) (laughs) this is a segment of the cast where we like to spend a moment thinking about something we're thankful for as well as something we love about ourselves because it is very important to spend time um, dwelling on things that we're grateful for and things that we love about ourselves which as human adults it's very hard to do what's something you're thankful for tess um something i'm thankful for it occurred to me in our last episode i talked a lot about my glasses and um how they were stuff i was loving and i forgot to mention that they helped me see (laughs) that's like literally the best thing about them (laughs) and so i really thankful that we have developed medical technology i mean honestly eric you and i talk about this a lot we live in a golden age we live in a golden age in which i could bust up my ankle and break three bones in my leg and then i can be walking a year later that's pretty incredible but it's also and also corrective lenses are pretty incredible like you can't see too good here put these on wow i can see a lot better it's just this is something i'm really truly grateful for all of the inventions that people who are way smarter than me come up with that I then get to benefit from. (laughs) Very nice. Um, (laughs) The thing that I'm very thankful for is for my friend, Aaron. Uh, Aaron works at my library with me. And one day I was getting myself all flustered uh, with some coworkers (laughs) because uh, it was, let's say Thursday afternoon and someone received a text about, I don't know, some kind of, um, recommendation from the CDC regarding whether or not people with second 
uh, doses to vaccines, uh, vaccinations, if they should wear masks or not, which then led a lot of coworkers into um, states of, I would call states of uh, fury and panic because of what their opinions are about what um, the public should be doing, which I respect their opinions, but once again, um, they have no control over what the CDC recommends or whether, no matter how strong their opinions are, what the governors of Maryland, Virginia recommend. And I got myself all flustered over a thing that I couldn't control, which was them getting so flustered uh, over a thing they can't control. Also, it didn't help that they were all around my desk and I was really trying to get work done. But anyway, I went upstairs to cool down because it was quieter up there and my buddy Aaron was up there and he, he lent me an ear and he, he shared some very good insights on my friend Aaron is a, a student of Stoicism, <laughs> so he was he was schooling me, not schooling me, but teaching me on how it, it's. It, he goes, he goes, whatever is decided is what will be decided, and the only thing we can have any control over. So I borrowed his what he said is what we do. That's all we can do, you know. And then Aaron let me borrow one of his personal books on Stoicism. Oh. On the side, it. It has his initials and everything. And so I'm very thankful for my friend, Aaron, um, just as a great person, but also uh, being a really good friend when I got myself all worked up over now that I'm thinking clearly, nothing, nothing that I could have done about it, right? So. Yeah, but it, it's, I can understand it's hard to not be affected by, like you said earlier, that emotional contagion of like, I have an opinion about someone else's opinion. <laughs> Yes. And then, <laughs> and then I think it becomes a source of pleasure because then it's like, I think these individuals, these people, then they're bonding over their shared dislike of these other opinions, you know, and um, I won't get into too many details, but like now it's, it's been a really tough time because um, my library system is releasing some of the restrictions that they've had um, in the past with meeting rooms and masks and, and the capacity limit and and you know there's a lot of different opinions about this whether or not it's good or bad and and you can see i feel bad because you can see that it weighs heavy on their shoulders you see it on their face and you see they're they're worried for the fate of humanity and they're worried for america and they're worried for kids and they're worried for themselves and it's like not to not to minimize their stress and what they're going through but it's hard for me because I'm looking at it through the glass of being like, there's nothing you can do. That's like worrying about a storm that might come in six months. You know, it's like worrying about anything. You know what I mean? There's nothing you can do. And I feel bad because this is, and they're angry and it goes from person to person. And now they're talking about starting story times up again outside and then eventually in person. And they have very strong opinions about this. And I'm the one guy in the meeting with a big old goofy, goofy a grin on his face, because regardless of how we got here and the bigger pictures, I'm getting ready to do story time again. And you know what I mean? Like I, I have no control over that. I'm going to do it. It's my job. But I mean, if I'm going to do it, I might as well enjoy the S out of it. And that's exactly what I'm going to do, you know? And I felt like I was in a meeting where we were discussing it. And I felt like they, I felt like it was a meeting discussing, I don't know, the end of the world or something. Whereas I was like, we're starting up again, right? To kids, they don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. can't, we, can't we just for a few minutes, especially during certain time, exist as the children do and just enjoy that moment for what it is without that entire 
not it's not completely made up not to mitigate not to minimize their stress and their their pain like it's a real it's a real thing that people can be worried about and i understand but like without making a child wearing a mask or not wearing mask the fate of the world right you know so i know that was a tangent but man at, at least what i'm going through at work it, it's been a tough couple of days for me yeah you know? i know so, I yeah well listeners think about something that you are truly grateful for That was a good one. I hope you said it out loud. The other day, a little girl came into the library and she said, when are we going to be able to play on the ship? We have a ship in our library and it's covered. It's surrounded by safety cones. Mm. She said, I don't know when we're going to be able to play on the ship. And she said, is it because of coronavirus? And I said, yeah, it is. And she said, I wish it wasn't a thing. Yeah. I said, I wish it wasn't a thing either. (laughs) Bless her heart it's it's tough you know and it's tough because on one hand i think people lament like the way things were right but then but then also then they lament the changing of things back too quickly so it's like you're stuck in this you feel pain and then you then you feel more pain and then you know and like we've now reached a point where some patrons are coming in and not wearing masks which now that's fine that's not our policy anymore it's fine um and some of our staff members are coming in not wearing masks because they don't have to. Once again, that's their choice. And I feel, because, you know, me, I feel everything. I feel bad because it's this, once again, the mask and not mask is, it's it's this two different teams that people have invented, but now now the poles have switched. So it used to be, you have to wear the mask to be to be a, to be a good person, right? Do the right thing, which don't get me wrong. I, I say, those are the rules, follow them, right? For the safety of everyone. But then once they're not the rules, now it's up to you. It's a personal choice. And I don't think any, well, my personal opinion, no one should be held accountable for things that they're not being told to be held accountable for, you know? And I don't know, it's just a difficult time. And I know a lot of people would disagree with me. I know a lot of people would disagree with me, but to me, it's like, man, you know? Yeah, and it's like, that's something we talk about a lot is this whole idea of like, well, I'm, I'm still going to wear the mask. That's fine. You can do that if you want. That's, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to wear the mask and people who don't are bad. It's like a whole nother fish to fry, you know? (laughs) I know we're I know we're in the middle of the positivity pause, but can I have a real talk with you? Because we're in the zone of no judging, right? We we live there, brother. Okay, so so within my the county I work at, and I guess my state, I work I work within the state of Virginia. Uh, they lifted the mask mandate, and so starting Monday, um, n- no one had to wear a mask. If you want to, you can, but you don't have to. Um, and there are still different things in restriction, you know, restrictions, but masks aren't one of them. Uh, if you are, if you have two vaccines, but since there's no, you're not supposed to ask, right? You know, I, I, I totally understand that. So it's just honor system. And then people get upset about that. It was like, well, we are a library, which runs on honor. <laughs> but anyway, um, and I'll tell you right now. So I didn't, I wasn't at work on Monday because um, I was at the, the vaccine clinic because uh, I, I spent two days there working. And uh, on Tuesday, I was like, I think I'm going to go in without a mask. I'm going to do it. 
And then I, I had a big question. I had to think in my head, what am I going to do? What should I do? And I dawned on me that if I did wear a mask, it wouldn't be because I thought it was the right thing to do or because it was the rules. Cause it isn't anymore. I realized if I did wear one, it would be because of peer and social pressures. Right. And so then I decided, well, if that's the reason I would wear one, that's a reason to not. And I end up texting my friend, Miranda, who's amazing. And, and she told me, she goes, well, someone's got to be the first person. So then Yesterday and today, Tuesday and today's Wednesday, I was the only one. Look at your face. The only one that wasn't wearing one. And so that made things a little difficult for me as a guy who's very obsessed with um, not othering other people to really be feeling it. Um, and once again, people are pleasant, but you can feel it. You do that second glance and it's just on the tip of their tongue. But, you know. I totally get what you're saying because like um, when it was announced that you don't have to wear them anymore, I was kind of waiting to see what the library is going to say. Yeah. The library said, um, we want all the staff to keep wearing them. Okay. Um, But that was followed by, because we think that's what the staff wants. Mm, Interesting. And I, so then I, I went to my supervisor and I was like, where are you getting this information from? Because I don't, I, I feel like there are some staff who would like to take off their mask. In fact, there's some that have told me that they're sick and tired of wearing masks all the time and they can't wait until we can mm-hmm. take them off. And so I was like, where is that? And it, there was another like issue going on. Um, and, and I don't and, know if that's going to get resolved or not. And, and real quick, because not to cut you off, but just in case anyone's not listening, both all the staff at my library, and I believe, and once again, we don't know for sure, but have had the opportunity to have both vaccines. And just once again, like, you know, you're not really supposed to ask, but just from being working with friends, I know that the vast majority of them have had their two vaccines. Because I yeah. think that's an important part of the story. You yeah, know? same, same. Mm-hmm my place of work and mm-hmm. I so I kind of I guess there's part of me that's been feeling like this is what we've been working towards like we've all we've all worked really hard this past year of not going to see our families when we wanted to see them and not going to the movies and not going to concerts and we've we've all all of us have made a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. um you know, maybe they're not like life or death sacrifices, although, you know, maybe for some people they, they have been. Um, and like, this is what it was for, like this, like return to, to like what kind of resembles normal. And so I, I am kind of curious to see like what direction it's going in, but Eric, I feel for you because that must have been really hard. But, um, you know, in my opinion, you're not doing anything wrong. Um, This is what we've been working towards. And if we're if we're if we're basing these decisions off of the science, right, we were wearing masks because of the science and now we don't have to wear the masks. And the reason is still the same. (laughs) The reason is still the science, because the science says once you've had these shots, you're immunized. And your chances of catching and or dying of this disease are very low. And so you can kind of go back to doing what you were doing before and stimulating the economy. And <laughs> I mean, I, I it's, it's tough for me. So I'll tell you, it's still weird when I get out. And it's only been two days, but it's still weird when I get out of my car and I don't put the mask on right and i have to do this complicated situation well you wear glasses too where i pull the mask up real high and i gotta pinch it down with my glasses and um 
anyway, it's weird. And that first day when I was like, it was hard. I almost couldn't look at anyone like in the face because it was like, you know, it's tough. And even today, the second day, it was tough. It's getting a little bit easier. Um, but it's hard when you're the only one. And and once again, not to be like, because I really love my work and I love my coworkers, but I do know at least a couple of them, three or four or so that are very vocal about their opinions about these things. And, and, and for some reason, my desk happens to be very close to all of theirs. And it, it's, it's hard for me, especially when they see, when they, I hear them, they're not saying things directly to me, but saying things, uh, for instance, like we have a new service where we have a chat service similar to, remember, ask us now, remember, okay. where yeah. we have to do that. And it's a new thing we have to get used to. And I, I'm fine with rolling with it. And one of them who I don't think she, I, in my heart, I'm going to say she didn't mean anything by it. Um, as I'm working, not wearing my mask says, well, out of all the changes, that one doesn't bother me that much, but other ones I am livid about as I am sitting there not wearing my mask. And I was like, is that directed towards me? But I've reached a point where it was like, it doesn't like, what does it matter whether it's directed towards me or not? But I mean, it's, it's a tough time. And you know me, like I think about everything. So this thought didn't come lightly <laughs> you know what i mean i thought about it from every angle uh, i thought about it certainly more than amanda thinks i should ever think about it because she was like she goes because this is amanda she's uh, i i love her uh, because she goes so is it the rule no it isn't then don't wear it that's yeah. a, that's that's how she goes but it's like it's it's hard oh so this is where i was going with this the um i think what it is and this is just eric's theory i'm not going to call this a full jeff goldblum moment but just to tie it back to that quote from Toni Morrison is um, the danger of sympathizing with the stranger, meaning the other, someone else, is the possibility of becoming a stranger to lose one's, and this is, once again, has a racial tinge to it, but I think we can tie it back. To lose one's racialized rank is to lose one's own valued enshrined difference. So the reason I bring that up again is that once again, I've, I don't know if I mentioned this on the cast in a while, but I'm vegan. I'm 90% vegan because I'm vegan until I'm about to starve. And then I'm going to eat a little bit of dairy if I need to, you know? And so that's a choice I make. Or if Amanda and I are going out, I decide it's more important that we have a good time than her to feel guilty over me being vegan. So I value those things more than me sticking to this code. Um, but I do know some people that are vegan because they believe that it makes them better than other people. <laughs> and the reason I bring up this quote about to lose one's own valued enshrined difference is because this mass, like you said, I do think not, not to say like it wasn't important. And it, in some cases it still is because I still wear them when I'm at the vaccine clinic. I still wear them when I drop Freya off at the bus. I still wear them in most cases actually, except for at the library because I was told I don't have to. Um, I think the mask has become a symbol just like <laughs> veganism is for some people of some people's superiority, unfortunately. And now that the excuse, the reason to not have to wear them has arisen to the fact that I work with staff that to the best of my knowledge, with the exception of only one or two people are fully vaccinated. And granted, we are working with the public and all that, but I mean, we, in the back room, there's no one else back there. And the fact that they're still deciding to wear their masks, even when we're in a meeting, when it's just me and fully vaccinated people, um, means that now the mask is no longer for safety, in my opinion, it's now a status symbol. And me being the one guy not wearing the mask is very difficult because I, I, the judging, I could, I, could, I could eat it with a spoon and it is salty. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you're having to go through that. Um, would it make you feel better to say something that you like about yourself? Oh, thank you for tying it back. Um, 
I did write something. That, oh, this is what I wrote down. And this does tie it. I love about myself that I am a strong person because it hasn't been easy, but it it's one of those things that I've gone through the rationality and I see I'm doing what I, it sounds so weird to say I'm doing what I think is right, but I'm doing, it's almost like the thing that I, you know what I mean? It's weird. Like if I was to wear it just because of peer pressure, what does that mean about everything? And that's the whole point. What else are you bound to do because of peer pressure? Thank you. And also not associating like my value with the thing, an external thing, such as a mask or, or, or a, someone else adhering to is what we're all about. So of course I, I couldn't, you know? Um, anyway, that's what I love about myself. What's something you love about yourself? Um, something I love about myself, uh, is that I'm really good at reframing, uh, you know, you know how we talked last week about how there are no good feelings or bad feelings. It's yeah. no, there's no nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. That was mm-hmm. our quote from last week. And excellent. Uh, uh, but there are situations which you could categorize as negative situations, and I'm really good at recategorizing them as positive situations. For example, um, at the tacos and beer fest, Brett and I were waiting in a really long line, and Brett was getting annoyed because he doesn't like to stand in line. And because in his mind, the line shouldn't exist. Like if you're ordering food or a beer or whatever, you're ordering something, you get, you stand up, you say what it is, they cook it for you, you stand off to the side, then you receive it and you move on. And so he couldn't figure out why is this line so long? And he was getting, he was getting that barbarian like he was getting tense he was was ready to do some raiding and a long was coming out he was getting annoyed and so i said i said um i said are you okay because i could just sense there was something going on he was like yeah i just don't want to complain because i i don't want to like ruin the day with complaining and i said how about this how about you tell me what you're thinking about and i'll reframe it as something positive i love this game that's great like okay. He's like, I don't understand why this line is so long. I, I, you should just get your thing and move on. Why is it so long? And I said, wow. Um, I believe we were standing in line for a beer and I was like, this beer must be so good. Mm-hmm. When people taste it, they have to like tell the brewer how amazing it is. And so the line is extra long because people are having this amazing reaction to this beer they can't walk away without having a conversation about it first and i love it and i am so excited to try it like i'll i'll wait in a line twice this long and he was like <laughs> okay that was pretty good <laughs> i love it i know um I mean, so it's so funny because i don't know if we mentioned this in a long time but like brett and amanda right so my wife and your husband are like the they're similar creatures just like you and i are similar and like so Amanda, so a thing that amanda always thinks is really weird about me uh, which is a long list of things because we are we are literally composed well not literally we're figuratively composed of atoms from separate parts of the cosmos like we we do not understand how each other works and like we'll be in traffic and a thing that amanda does not understand how traffic for me doesn't bother me at all. I sit there in traffic and she goes, how's that not bother you? We're not going and look at all these, you know, these jerk faces. Look at that guy. He's terrible. And I, I always tell her, I said, whenever I'm in traffic, that's my chance to look around. And I go, I look out, I look at the other people in the car. I look at the trees. I look at the sky. 
I look at here. I look at sometimes I look at like what garbage is on the side of the road. Sometimes I look at, you know, anything. I look at the uh, a wall, divide, a big barrier wall covered in ivy. And I think about the ivy. And she's like, and she looks at me like she, look, she looks at me like she's she's. I don't know, like puzzling the the center of the universe or something. And I and I, I try not to get frustrated by her because I know she's equally frustrated by me being like, I don't understand. Why aren't you just mad at this traffic? And I'm like, I just don't understand why we're mad at not going somewhere because the, the guy in front of us is mad too because he's trying to go somewhere. And the guy behind us, guess what? They're mad too, you know? And so anyway, all that to say is like, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like, hey, this is a bad thing, but- Maybe it isn't a bad thing. It's fine. Quick question. How was the beer? Was it amazing or was it okay? It was, it, was a, it didn't really live up to the hype. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, hey, good job though, Tess. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners, um, we would love it if you said something that you love about yourself right now. And it could be anything under the universe's beautiful smiling sun smile face. <laughs> What do you think it was that they said, Tess? I hope that they mentioned that um, their eyebrows were on fleek. You know what? I've definitely, so I don't know where my, our friend Kit has once told me, I don't know what, I don't know what their reference to or what the conversation was, but they said <laughs> something like you would probably enjoy this. Cause I think you're more gender fluid than most men because and i this is where i'm going with this because i will i I don't know how i don't know if this is normal for most guys but like uh, if i see a woman and i like i'll be like that's a cute top (laughs) i love your i love your earrings or i'll say something like your eyebrows are on point right now because i know they worked on it and i'll give them a comment and i don't think they're used to like guys saying like oh that's a cute top or i love the colors of your dress and but i mean Is, I think that I think there is like a fine line yeah. for dudes because it's like, um, is he hitting on me and yeah. do I feel uncomfortable or is he genuinely complimenting? Like, for instance, the other day, <laughs> there was a girl, Brett and I went to eat at Arby's and there was a girl with really beautiful eyelashes. You could tell that she had really worked on them. Like she was wearing false eyelashes and they looked gorgeous on her. And um, Brett says, you should tell her that her eyelashes look really nice. And I said, why don't you tell her? And he was like, because it's creepy coming from me. <laughs> and it will sound it will sound more genuine coming you know, from you. <laughs> you know what? You might bring up a good point because, and I don't want to like make any, any assumptions about me, but I think I'm a pretty non-threatening. Like I feel like, and I could be wrong if I've complimented any women listening to this cast. I feel <laughs> like when I compliment someone on their dress or their eyebrows, I think it comes from an authentic, non-sexualized point to the point that I think somehow I get away with it because it's true. Like, I'm never like, damn, your ass looks good in that. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm usually, I usually say, I know, look at you. I know, just saying that's ridiculous, but I'm usually like, the colors in your dress are really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I had a moment the other day, you know, our, our our former coworker, Michael, he's your former coworker, my current coworker. Yeah, Michael. I, I complimented the shade of green he was wearing, I told him it looked really nice on him. And then, and he said, thank you. And then he walked past me and I thought, oh no, I hope he doesn't think that I am flirting. He doesn't think that, right? He wouldn't mm. think that. Like, So I, interesting, right? I know, right? Isn't it weird? I the- mean, you're not the only one. I just, like I said, I make it my goal to 
live past such things and somehow I, I, I I'm able to make it work. And if anyone, any women have ever listened. I do is a female coworkers too. I told a coworker the other day that that shade of blue looked fetching on her. And then I thought, Oh, maybe, maybe she thinks I'm harassing her. I hope she doesn't. Were you, were you like growling like a tiger as, as you said it, I think here's the deal. Like, I know, I know every time we record, I'm like, it's not going to be an hour and a half, but it happens. I, I just love hanging out with you so much, Tess, but here's a little thing as a society. Can we like, try to find a way to compliment each other without, and don't get me wrong. Like some people they compliment and they do have like ulterior motives, right? Like, uh, yeah. Hey, that looks great on you. And it's like, you know, uh, they, they got, they got sexy things on their minds, yeah. but like just regular compliments, you know, normalize, normalize compliments people. Yeah, yeah. I like it. And I work mostly, I work, maybe it's just cause I work mostly with women and like, I tend to give people compliments. Like I like to, tell people things that are nice about them it's almost like i should have a podcast about it and i um and like so i'm routinely being like i love that top on you so maybe i've just had a lot of practice like giving non-threatening compliments i feel like this is a ryan dowd thing how to give a compliment (laughs) without setting them off um webinar Yeah. Uh, listeners, you've been listening to episode number 63 of the Same Team Y'all podcast. If you would like to email us, we would like to receive that email. That email is sameteamyall at gmail.com. And um, Tess is always manning our Twitter handle where um, it is, I don't know if it's the only one, but it's certainly, it certainly qualifies as one of the bright spots of the social medias. Um, you can find that at same team. Y'all, and as we mentioned before, if anyone has any um, passing or immediate interest in the TV show Twin Peaks, um, we have another podcast called Same Peaks, Y'all, that we would love it if you check us out. And we're getting ready to start it back up where we're going to discuss the book Secret History of Twin Peaks, as well as the return and test. Oh boy, I'm excited. Oh boy, so am I. Um, We also have a Spotify account. Mm -hmm. If you want to listen along with Eric to my Pink Floyd curation, um, go ahead and check that out. Um, We have a number of other playlists too for your enjoyment. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. Remember, we love you. And not in a creepy way.